podcast. If you're not listening to podcast, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the podcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Welcome to the Rushmore episode of the podcast. This time I'm joined by Allison, Eric, and Jill to break down the first Wes Anderson movie we've done on the podcast, Rushmore. Rushmore is only Wes Anderson's second film, but it's arguably his best. This is the movie that solidifies his signature style, where every frame seems to be centered and symmetrical, and the movie feels almost vintage as he leans into the look and feel of nostalgia. Chances are you either love Wes Anderson movies or hate them, but this is certainly his most accessible film. So get out your harpsichord, your manual typewriter, and your green corduroy suit as we break down Rushmore. These are the names that define our world. The artists who shaped our minds. The rebels who challenged our views. But of all these legends, there is one that stands above all others. I'm sorry, did someone say my name? What's the secret, Max? The secret? I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. For me, it's going to Rushmore. Sharp little guy. He's one of the worst students we've got. Did you invite that kid to your party? Max Fisher. Come on, Dad, there's gonna be girls there. I'd rather die. Pull your head out of here. Maybe I'm spending too much of my time starting up clubs and putting on plays. It's time, homie. Kiss me, little one. Rushmore. I like your nurse's uniform, guy. These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? All right, Rushmore, 1998. Uh, This is the no-nonsense plot, Jill. Uh, One of my favorites. Um, this is not just to preface it. This is not as a uh, cut. It's super dry, but it's super long. It's longer than it's supposed to be. Uh, a teenager at Rushmore Academy falls for a much older lady, oh, older teacher, sorry, uh, and befriends a middle-aged industrialist. Later, he finds out that his love interest and his friend are having an affair, which prompts him to begin a vendetta. Super dry. Yeah, cut to the point. But there is a lot more detail in there. Than I know we, we've had some of these word. that are like okay. eleven words and like oh, and there's not an adjective in there. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. nouns, verbs, and maybe like an article or a preposition. That's it. Yeah. So, where were you when you first saw it? What impact mm-hmm. did it have? And then we can start talking about what we like and what we were amazed by and what we didn't like and all that stuff. I'm sure we don't dislike anything with this movie let's be clear uh, i think this group is all in on this movie mm-hmm. so this was in december of 98 it came out the, we would have been in chicago right just barely right i am highly confident we saw it in the theater although i'm i don't yeah. remember it yeah. clearly but no definitely saw it in the theater yeah um there was nothing like it we'd ever seen like this movie it was unusual and quirky and mm-hmm. the definition of wes anderson's style to come yeah the first time i saw it actually was at uh your apartment on uh in chicago oh really and um mm. it was the summer where i interned so it was the summer of 2000 i think oh. um and yeah. i watched it yeah. was blown away it was like nothing i had ever seen yeah. and i wanted to rewind it and watch again <laughs> so it's so good 
Eric, what about you? I first saw it. I did not see it in the theater. December 98, I was uh, in basic training. So um, I, I watched, I went to and rented it at Blockbuster on <laughs> Allison's recommendation. Nice. And, <laughs> and watched it in the barracks when I was in the Army. Oh my God. They, they weren't showing Rushmore like uh, in the mess hall. No, <laughs> he was in the shit. Yeah, yeah when uh, <laughs> I was, I I was by that February, I was in airborne school, and I think I saw every movie in the theater there, but no Rushmore at that point. So yeah, I missed my window. So I I don't even know exactly when I saw it, if it was in 99 or even maybe even later, but, um, yeah, it was a blockbuster rental for me. So we watched it this week yeah. and during the first bit of the movie, I was taking notes on my phone. Here's what I wrote down. Uh, but first of all, just to note, I think we paused it. I think we paused <laughs> It for the first time, which we often pause during a movie at like minute two and a half. Like yeah. we couldn't get five minutes into the oh, movie no. before hitting pause and like talking about it. So here's what I wrote down. First thing, the music. Yes. We'll get to that in a second. The opening scene, the whole Max Fisher intro, uh, the Bill Murray speech. Mm-hmm. Dirk as the little buddy, like, I wrote down like a great Wes Anderson trope uh, mm-hmm. in his other movies. They've he's all the little little assistant helper guys. Uh, it's like a protege. Protege. There you yeah. go. Uh, the Max montage, the pictures of him starting all the clubs, and then I write down, "We're only five minutes into the movie. <laughs> all that stuff happens. All this yeah. establishing everything you need to know. We're five minutes in." Yeah. That's when we stopped it. We're like, what? Yeah, it's so good. I remember this being over like a half hour, like establishing all this stuff. The first five minutes are doing all this stuff. Yeah. It's insane. It's, uh, it's a pitch perfect movie. You I mean, know. he's able to get everything in, so. Ow. It's pretty tight. Like, there's not a lot of, like, extra. Everything is very intentional. Every moment, every camera shot, everything about right. it. Right, Yeah. Um, the music. Yes. Amazing. It's such Top a great bottom. soundtrack. Right. So many people had this soundtrack and none of it is filled with, I mean, there's might be one or two here and there. that are like, uh, things you would have heard on the radio, but for yeah. the most part, it's like older classic sixties. Yeah. Well, it's the, I think they went for like British invasion. Yeah. 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 It, I saw something that at, at, one point he was trying to figure out if he could do the entire soundtrack as the with the kinks right and then kind of like changed it up um yeah you know just because and it's that much better but you know you got like the harpsichord in there right it's amazing yeah Yeah. it's uh, stuff for the most part i hadn't even heard any of it before no but everybody owned the soundtrack yeah or a lot of people did yeah um so Watching this movie, and then then after this, if you go Tenenbaums and you go Life Aquatic, and then you start getting into his stuff, uh, the style becomes front front and center, really. Right. Um, but it starts in this movie. 
And so I was thinking about that. I didn't want to get into the, you know, we all have seen the videos of, you know, everything's center frame and uh, uh, symmetrical his u- symmetrical and his use of uh, the uh, future, future of font and the, the thirds and the, the very um, the engineering of each frame, right? Fine. But so I saw that Wes Anderson had a connection with this French photographer. You know French much more than anybody else on this podcast. We oui. uh, Jacques Henri mm, Lartigue, <laughs> Lartigue. Uh, I'd like, I'd say Lartigue. Lartigue. Okay. Um, so this French photographer, you know the pictures of Max starting all the clubs mm-hmm. and the iconic one is him on the little uh, pedal racer oh, yeah, car like off-centered yeah. with his knees like a skew whatever that's like a direct homage or exact copy of a picture that this photographer took of his brother on a broken pedal car sitting over oh, like God. that and his brother's name Zizou oh wow which was the mm-hmm. Lead character in the life of Quiet. Yeah. So he's very influenced by this guy. And like a lot of the quirky pictures that this guy took are super Wes Anderson. Like this mm-hmm. photographer was like obsessed with like weird boats, like weird uh, uh, yeah, watercraft. There's a picture of his brother Zizou in this, let's call it an inner tube essentially. Um, but you never get wet. Like it has a uh, waders on the bottom, like waders <laughs> under an, an inner tube. So he's floating down the river. And so you just, you see the inner tube and you see his legs hanging out the bottom of it. It's like a boat oh of some gosh. sort. But he's, he appears to be dressed like Max in, in the green corduroy suit with like glasses and like a hat and like oh weird sixties hair. Uh, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. But so all of this is, to say Wes Anderson didn't just come up with the style by himself. He took bits and pieces here and there, and mm-hmm. it's, he's super influenced by these French. Yeah, uh, he's a Francophile. Photographer, the French cinema, uh, the British invasion stuff. Like he's got mm-hmm. an amalgamation of all this stuff that mm-hmm. is super cool. Uh, but Zizou was yeah. his fucking Amazing. guy's brother. Ridiculous. Uh, oh, and. Uh, at least four of this guy's photographs are referenced in the film and appear in the film as, as uh, like in the background on the walls and hmm. chalkboard and stuff, whatever. Um, all right, that's basically it. Anything else to add for like favorite scenes or bits or early oh. on before I get into the box office? So stuff. this will be, this is, this is, this is all the preamble we do. I know, stuff. but you're not into memorable scenes and quotable lines. No, that's, that's, cause, that's later. Cause you just asked for scenes. So I just want to make sure. No, but um, favorite remembrances of the movie. Well, I think, I think the calligraphy, I kind of love like that touch of like his personality or like the, um, the business card with the extension at the high school, like yeah, these yeah. little things that, you know, they show that visually like draw out his personality and his, uh, the seriousness he takes Rushmore Academy and going yeah. there. It's such earnestness. Like, yes. 
Um, Wes Anderson and Max in this movie are obsessed with like accessories, yeah. like cards and calligraphy and accoutrements. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I would say what's interesting, I actually just thought of this right now. Max does the same thing as um, um, Gustav H. um, Is they they have a refined personality, but they'll drop it at like the at the drop of a hat. Like all of a sudden, I'll be like, ah, fuck it, you know. And it's a veneer. It's It's yeah, like it's I I love it. But he has this whole (laughs) thing. They, uh, they both it, they try to make it seem like their personality, but it's a put on. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's obviously it's a put on. Yeah. I sorry to ruin it for people who haven't watched it, but I mean, lying about his dad being a surgeon. Yeah. So a surgeon. I had that stuff written down. Okay. Uh, as questions, um, my first question I wrote down was, "What is Max's deal? <laughs> what is his? What's his whole other than?" His dad is a barber and he's trying to uh, compete with these older kids or, or, or fit in with, the, with these uh, uh, rich, rich kids. kids. What He's so insane and quirky and doing all kinds of weird stuff. I think, I think his mother dying and right. she encouraged him to write plays, a right. little one act about Watergate. That's right. He thought that That's he right. should go to Rushmore. And I think that that heartbreak and wanting to make her proud and, you know... Uh, yeah, being in the atmosphere he was in, I think that's his deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he never he never got past it. His mom wanted him to go to Rushmore, and now he's there, and that's what he he says he wants to do for the rest of his life. It's um, yeah, it's like the ongoing connection to her. Yeah, and if he yeah. leaves, then yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, and then so we have. Another connection to Life Aquatic, and that's the book that Max is reading that was the, um, uh, what's his name, Appleby? Edward Appleby. Edward Appleby's uh, book. Uh, that's a book from Jacques Cousteau, and that's the, who Steve Zizou, uh, his character is essentially loosely based on right. Jacques Cousteau, and that was played by Bill Murray. Yeah. So he must have had this, he must have life aquatic in the back of his head or he was doing something with it at or around the time he was making this movie i'm sure i don't think i realized that owen wilson co-wrote this until really yeah a lot of this is uh taken or inspired by owen wilson's uh Mm -hmm. school life yeah yeah Yeah. i believe he was expelled from his prep school and yeah (laughs) (laughs) um I also wrote down like one of the things I love is Bloom and his twin sons. Oh, that oh. whole relationship is amazing. <laughs> yeah, in the car. That quick edit of those boys pressing the buttons for the AC and it going on full blast is the greatest. And I think every parent has experienced that when they oh pick God. their kids up from school or like. <laughs> get out of soccer practice. And I remember wanting to crank up the AC and our mom would be like, Don, it's too right. much. Right. Like, right. It's, <laughs> everybody, every kid um, does that at, at right. some point. I think there's also the watching them wrestle. And then with that scene where he, they're opening their gifts and it's a crossbow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. A, uh, <laughs> just a totally crazy gift that the kids obsessed right. with a very violent gift. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And just the, uh, 
the the cutaway to that portrait, that family portrait oh, says yeah. it all. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I saw in there that Bill Murray really was pretty annoyed by those twins in in real life, and so some of the facial expressions were real. All of like the insults are like. Mm-hmm. Um, were all improvised. It was just like, he was like, Ugh. like, he seems he'd be like, he'd be a bit method though, that he would hate them yeah. because he needed to. The both. <laughs> painting of Herman Bloom's family seen during the opening credits and uh, hanging, uh, wherever, uh, currently hangs in Wes Anderson's house. Mm. <laughs> That's awesome. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Or when they're, He's outside the car, and they, they lock it, and oh. lock, unlock, lock, oh, unlock. yes, yes. He's so <laughs> fucking mad. And the look, the Unlock it! <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. Oh, I mean... The, I love it. That whole thing is great. We didn't even mention, though, when he, like, pushes him back into his seat while yeah. he's driving. <laughs> he the the reach back. Trying to it's hit him or grab him. or grab him. Every parent has wanted to do that. <laughs> Few have dared to actually try. Oh my god! That's why my shoulders are so bad. Yeah. I'm trying to get back. Uh, okay, box office. Mm-hmm. Rushmore, not a box office darling in '98. So I was looking at this. I pulled the the top ten like usual, um, and then I realized they have movies that were not like came out like in December of 97, but the bulk of their gross was in 98. So this, uh, that may be happening with all these movies we're pulling, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, it's a little weird. And I say that because I, I kind of want to include the ones that shouldn't be included because they're so big. Okay. Cause it makes this year like a ridiculous, crazy year. Okay. Like, Oh, a little movie called Titanic. Mm. In 1998, $488 And it didn't come out that year. It came out the year before. Like You you missed the whole first three weeks or four weeks of its run, which is huge. Yeah. Um, So, top ten. Number one, Titanic, $488 million. A little bit. Number two, Armageddon, 198. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, these are all like big blockbusters. (laughs) Good or bad, they're all huge movies. Number three, three is Saving Private Ryan, mm-hmm. 190. There's something about Mary, 174. Mm-hmm. The Water Boy, 147 million wow. for the Water Boy. Wow. I know. <laughs> Doctor Doolittle, 144 million. Oh my God. That's one, two, three, four. That's five. Uh, Deep Impact, 140 million. Oh my God. That's right. Armageddon and Deep Impact same came out in year. the same yeah. year. Same year. Two asteroid movies. Godzilla, 136 million. Oh my gosh. Holy cow. You gotta wonder, though, on the asteroid movies, like, did, was it like Bring It On? Like, somebody was yes. like going around and peddling the same idea to multiple studios. But and always, it's the same movie. It happens every now and then. Yeah. Now. Like, there was that one year there was all those magician movies. Yeah. You know, like, there's. Yeah. They get made, and sometimes one is delayed by a year, and all of a sudden they're in mm-hmm. the same, you know, summer or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Rush Hour at number nine, mm. 136 million. I thought that made way more than that. Mm hmm. Whatever. 
Goodwill Hunting, 133 million, number wow. 10. Wow. That's, I thought that that was a big top one. 10. The top 10, the lowest was 130. Right. That's oh what I'm saying. This, that was a huge. People are going to the movies. Without, I don't know, I guess without you know, stripping out the uh, movies that may or may not belong in 98. 98 is one of the greatest movie of the years ever yeah. as far as big movies. Yeah. I mean, it's. Things I'm not mentioning because I, I wrote it down or I wanted to talk about this. So Goodwill Hunting was 10. I'll, I'll read out some of the notables after it. Um, like they're not, A Bug's Life, 127. No, that was 12. That, that won the Academy Award mm-hmm. for Best uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Animated. Um, as Good As It Gets, mm-hmm. uh, Enemy of the State, mm, uh, The Wedding Singer, um, You've got mail. Um, all right, this may not be as great as I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What dreams may come? Oh, I I love that movie. Yep. Uh, Tomorrow never dies, a James Bond movie that mm, no. Uh, I still what know what you did that summer? Did last mm-hmm. summer? I thought that was bigger. Pleasantville. How Stella got her groove back. Uh, all right, we're not getting. All right, this, we're fading. Is, yeah, I thought this was deeper than it is. Okay, forget it. Not that great. All right, screw this year. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's the top ten. We talked about 133 is the lowest. Rushmore. Yeah. Seventeen million dollars. Really? That's it. Right. Wow. How, how much did it cost to make? Only you know? cost nine million. Yeah. Great return. This is. Wes Anderson's second movie. Yeah. And the first one, I mean, that was a really independent, yeah. indie yeah. independent. That was a tiny movie. little movie that mm-hmm. people love. But. I remember, I kind of remember it, it got a lot of publicity later because I remember... Bottle Rocket Wes or Anderson, Rush Bottle Rocket. Because yeah. Wes Anderson won, yeah. like, the MTV, like, new best new filmmaker award mm-hmm. for Bottle Rocket. I think that kind of that's that's the first time i ended up see, i i saw bottle rocket because yeah of that award i agree and that's and that's what made me first time i saw wes anderson so i did i had seen already seen bottle rocket before i saw rushmore oh yeah i saw it afterwards for sure i definitely saw it after me too it it feels a little bit like uh a college project movie. Like it's, mm-hmm, it's super yeah. low yes. budget. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, um, but at the yeah. same time, you can still, it's as early yeah. as it is. You can still kind of see yeah. the Wes Anderson-ness of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got the Wilson boys in it. And right. that, that's to me, that's a mark of that's Wes half Anderson. Of that's yeah. half of it. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> Rotten Tomato score. Okay. Critics or audience first? Mm, audience. All right. What do you think the audience scored this movie at? Um, so I, I always provide the context that it's what percentage of the critics gave it a good score, essentially? A thumb up or a thumb down? Yeah, or audience. So we're doing audience uh, first, uh, right? Uh, yeah, uh, in both categories. What per- so if something scores a 62, it's not a 
it's not an amalgamation of everyone's ranking. It's 62% of the audience or the whoever's gave it a thumbs up or, you know, vice versa. Uh, so what do you think much more got with the audience? Audience is, well, we always say that we always think the audience is nicer and easier. Yeah. And I think we're always wrong about that. I'm going to say 87. 87. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Jill? I would say probably 68. Ooh. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't like him. So I think mm-hmm. I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Eric? My, um, my gut said 90. Ooh. 90. Whoa. 90. Uh, okay. The audience gave it a 91. <gasps> wow. Okay. So the audience loved it. It is. I don't know. I know. I, I'm glad to be a part I of know. the 91%. But. Uh, <laughs> def, there's definitely people that don't love Wes Anderson. I think if you're going to like <clears> the Wes Anderson movie, it's going to be Rushmore. It's the most mainstream of all of his movies. They get quirkier as they go. Right. And theoretically, when I don't know when these polls would have been taken, but mm-hmm. if they include stuff when it originally came out, I'm not sure if they mm-hmm. have that data. Mm-hmm. Uh, people wouldn't have been influenced by his later work. Right. Okay, critics. Mm-hmm. Critics, mm-hmm. what would they have scored Rushmore? I'm going to see, this is where I would have said 92. I actually think mm-hmm. the critics would like it more. Mm-hmm. 92. 92. Jill? I'm going to say 93 and one up her because I, I, I agree. <laughs> Eric? I'm going to stick with my 90. Someone got it on the nose. The critics gave Rushmore a 90. Oh, Eric. So the audience, 91. Critics, 90. Wow. That's a strong showing. Have you seen that before? I don't know. That's a strong showing. It's a really strong showing. All right. Trivia. Yes. We talked about some of this already. Uh, the painting is in Herman or in uh, uh, Bill Murray. Or the painting of Bill Murray and the Bloom family is in Wes Anderson's house, and the soundtrack with the Kinks. Yeah. Um, so two two things. One that. The play at the end is a version of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, by with Francis Ford Coppola. And as just a reminder, it is the uncle of Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even yeah. think of that. Jason. I knew that. It's true. Yeah. I didn't no, think of that. I didn't I didn't think about the relationships. Like I, I think all of us knew that. Yeah. Son. Son. Yeah. There are a number of Godfather and uh Coppola. Uh, ties and references throughout them. I'm not even going to get into all of them, but one of them is Coppola didn't like the movie early on because specifically uh, in the restaurant scene with uh, uh, not Owen Wilson, the other one. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. um, They're drinking not Coppola's wine. They're drinking one of his competitors. And he he was annoyed by that. Oh, funny. Yeah, that's right. Wow. You know, it's right. interesting. I mean, time to get over yourself. Jason exactly. Schwartzman being the son of 
famous fam- acting and directing family. But 1,800 actors auditioned for the role of Max. <clears throat> and it's, it, I mean, I know he was a relative unknown from an acting perspective, but I just still find it interesting that 1,800 people auditioned to find... Yeah. The son of... And it was his first movie, too. Yeah, well, I know. But, I mean, but to yeah. find the son of this famous, you know, Talia Shire and, um, you know, nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. Like, it's just... was a word put in, too. Right. You know, and who knows? You kind of have to be, like, born to play that role at that age. You know what I yeah. mean? Like He was 18. He was 18 in that role. But still, that's young. No, I'm saying yeah. it's amazing that he was 18 yeah. uh, okay. in his, his first movie, and he was so good. 18 playing 15, whatever, who cares? But uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I thought he was 22, you know, 21, whatever, mm-hmm. but he's 18. So I've got one other piece, and this is a shout out to um, Rob, but no. the scene with um, Max buying the dynamite yes, is an homage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Heat when Val Kilmer buys. Mm-hmm. Um, the dynamite, including charging it to an Arizona company. Yep, it's I wrote so that down good. too. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> I didn't. I never would have picked it out. No, uh, myself. But had, once it's mentioned, I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we talked about Schwartzman. Um, Herman's. Herman Bloom's first appearance giving the speech at the class was inspired by the speech given by Owen Wilson's father. At his oh, school. really? Yeah. Oh my I gosh, heard that awesome. he heard somebody talking on the phone. Like he's heard his father in a conversation with catch him in the crosshairs and I take him down. Possibly. I mean, who knows what's okay. true, but I saw multiple places that uh, Wilson's father gave a speech to his school or someone's school um, and said something similar. So, who knows? Um, The teacher, in the beginning, uh, is the son of Mr. Little Jeans later in the movie. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Who plays... uh, I don't know what his name is in uh, Royal Tannenbaums, but he plays uh, the little buddy, little mentor, helper. But Coda? Pagoda. Pagoda. Yeah. No. The last time you put a knife in me, you hear me? Yeah. So he's <laughs> Mr. Little Jeans in this one. Yeah. And then his son is the math teacher in the beginning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Luke Wilson suggested the Oh, are they line? Oh, so good. Fantastic. Uh, an earlier draft of the script saw Max attempting to become headmaster of Rushmore and entering into a war with Dr. Guggenheim. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's a different movie. There are a number of parallels between Rushmore and a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, wow. tell okay. me, tell me more. Uh, in Rushmore, Max's dad is a barber. So was Charles Schultz's dad a barber? Oh, hmm. uh, Max flies a kite. Charlie Brown was often seen flying oh, a kite yeah. or trying yeah. to fly a kite. Max is seen wearing a winter cap and carrying a plant, similar to the scene oh, in Charlie yeah. Brown when uh, in the Charlie Brown Christmas. In the beginning, the December sequence in the barbershop, uh, there's a musical interlude yeah. uh, in 
the Charlie Brown Christmas you can hear in yeah. the background. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and also God. the get up that uh, Max's dad wears the hunter cap with the oh, yeah. thing underneath and the, yeah. the thermos the and the, yeah. you know, the flannel. That's sort of a Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah. Look too. about it. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Charlie That's Brown Christmas. That's interesting. Okay. We talked about heat and the dynamite. I mean, there's a lot of connections to Michael Mann and Heat. Uh, Brian Cox as uh, Dr. Guggenheim played Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter, which is oh, a yeah. uh, Michael Mann movie. All that sort of stuff. Um, oh, so the God- my only Godfather thing I'm going to mention, and it kind of ties everything in, into one. When Mask, Mask, hmm. Max, asks uh, the headmaster, Guggenheim, not to expel him uh, for old time's sake. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> it's echoing a scene in The Godfather when Tessio asks Tom Hagen to get him out of being executed oh. for old time's sake. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yep. Brian Cox, the headmaster, played Marlon Brando in Elizabeth uh, hmm. and Schwartzman's mother is Tyler, Sh- Tyler Shire played Brando's daughter in Godfather. So it's all sort of, everything's related. It's all six degrees. Interesting. This feels like the Kennedy conspiracy. Yeah, Uh. totally. (laughs) The grassy knoll. Right. (laughs) Uh, We talked about Edward Appleby's book, Jacques Cousteau. All right. Eric, did you have any? Serpico. Uh, No, covered him. Um... Oh, the only I, – I, I found no casting um, stuff for this movie as far as uh, who was considered except two. Um, Noah Taylor was considered to be Max, and he ended up in two other Wes Anderson movies. I don't know. He was in um, The Life Aquatic as one of the guys, one of his crew. Okay. Um and he was in the Grand Budapest Hotel as like a, a butler or a. <gasps> was it the guy that got stabbed in The Life Aquatic by the pirates? Because I think that he might have been I also in Grand, Bud- uh, Grand Budapest. Oh, no, no. That's Max's dad, isn't it? No. The old guy? No. No. The guy that got. No. All right. No. It's so not uh, worth anyway. A bit player. If you saw his face, you, you recognize right. him, but I can't describe who he is. So, uh, the other one, Elijah Wood, was considered for Max. Mm. Hmm. I saw no other casting of anybody yeah. anywhere. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. It's probably still in a notebook somewhere that Wes Anderson has and wouldn't be typed out. Written in crayon. Yeah. Maybe Wes Anderson <laughs> had as much trouble casting this movie as we were going to have recasting yeah. it. So it's time for recasturbate. Better close the door. It's time to recasturbate. This was class is on for this one. Very. As Jill said, it's hard to like redo or outdo perfection. Uh, mm-hmm. This movie is well, well cast. This movie is a chef's kiss. <laughs> a perfection. This is one of the rare times where I think we are we all will have the hardest time casting the lead role. Yeah. 
we've had movies where it's hard to cast, but it's usually, yeah, the supporting guy or the whoever. Um, this is the most important person who's in every scene. And I had, it was, it was impossible. It, it was impossible. And there's such a look about him. Like he's a unique looking individual to pull off this, oh. um, the personality right. of this character it's so hard to kind of think of anybody else. And because this was, this is often the type of character or type of casting where they are discovering somebody. So it's like, yeah. you're, you can't imagine this person right. being in anything else because you are, they're brand new. And so this is all that you know. And so it just completely embodies the way what you, you think he is in real life. Cast this is to find a, to pluck somebody out yeah. of obscurity. Yeah. yeah. Um, I agree. Schwartzman was the physical opposite of what they were trying to cast. What were they trying to cast? Uh, it was described as like a young, um, uh, I'm, I'm having problems. Wow. Uh, a young Mick Jagger, basically. Hmm. Lanky, tall. Uh, Wes Anderson. Uh, so the prop guy Almost like from, British. from yeah. the uh, Max Fisher players? Basically, <laughs> yeah. The guy, Noah Taylor, at this at that age would have been like that. Yeah. Um, the British invasion type. Right. Look. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And Schwartzman is the exact, exact right. opposite in every way. So, all right, let's cast Max. Okay. Who wants to go first? Because I have, mine is bullshit. Uh, Al, you think you you say you have uh, a good handful of I, well, I've consider. got I've got some options. This is not the one that I laughed out loud about yeah. um, as I was coming up with my recasting. <clears throat> so I think I've got. Um, God, not, come on. We're all going to come up with the same group of people, I bet. But I, I pick up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got Asa Butterfield, who is the main guy in Ender's Game. I saw that. See, I run into the problem of not exactly their age, but they look too old. They're, that guy's like 22 now or something, or 25 even. I just saw him in something. He looked like he's probably like 17 or 18. Okay. So it's a little bit older than Max I, was supposed to be 15. Yeah, I saw the same list you did, and I, yeah. for the most part, dismissed almost all of them. So... Um, the other one I have is uh, Finn Wolfhard, yeah. who's from Stranger Things. But the one that I kind of like is um, Jaden Martell, who is the Michael Shannon's son in Knives Out. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. He was... I can't uh, comment. I, I was trying to think, like... I don't know a ton of young actors, but what I liked about it was he plays kind of a good moody character. And I thought that that could work for this. So that's my number one. I'll go quick. Uh, You've heard one already. Finn Wolfhard. That was my number one. Uh, Lanky kid from uh, Stranger Things and the new Ghostbuster movie. Right. I don't know. I guess he could do it. uh, Whatever. I would just throw a rock and find some teenager, and that's my max. I, yeah. I, I don't know. My other one, which I would like, but he may look too old, would be 
I went to a different Wes Anderson movie and plucked him and brought him back over here is Tony Revolori, uh Zero from Grand Budapest. He's way too old. He's 25. He's 10 years too old. Seven years too old. Wow. Maybe maybe he's you can do something yeah. with him. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he plays a high schooler in Spider-Man. Uh, I don't know. I'm reaching. I, I had a lot of problems with this. Yeah. One. yeah. Okay. Eric, what you got? Um, I had one name is way too old, yeah. I think, at this point. But and I used him in casting somewhere else. But um, um. I think it's Skylar Gazando. He was in Booksmart. Which character? Um, he, he was the um, the rich kid that was that didn't have any friends. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> I think he could do it, but I think he's too old now. Probably. He's, yeah. Yeah, Jared. Um, this is tough because yeah. we, we have to explain like who the people are. This whole thing, yeah. like you yeah. know. Um, I, I threw in a name I have based on looks alone. He could play the part, but I haven't seen his big role yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, Michael Gandolfini kind of looks like a Max oh. for sure. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. We yeah. Gotta, gotta wait and see on that guy. Yeah. And then my third name is, um, a different kid from Stranger Things, uh, Gatton Matarazzo. Yeah. He's the one that's got like the... Uh, uh, curly hair. Yeah, curly hair and yeah. uh, sort of the uh, the shorter, geekier one that... Yeah. It sings never-ending story. <laughs> Basically, you flip a coin with the Stranger Things cast and we're going to just do, do that. Yeah, someone yeah. would... One of, the, one of them. Jill... Anything yeah, so my my only person that I could even think of who is too old, I don't know if anybody's ever watched My Life in Pieces, but the teenage son mm. and that this shows he's probably too old to mm. right now, but uh Niall Cunningham has mm-hmm. like red hair and kind of a you know, a, yeah. sorry, but a, like a, a geekier look yeah. to him. Um I don't know just in terms of like being able to pull off the precociousness of Max Fisher. I think it's, uh, it's a but tough, if you want to play him differently, you could have. Yeah, it's a tough uh, role to been, cast. I think. Yeah, that's why they went through eighteen hundred. Right. Um, based on one of the movies I saw this week, um, it, it could potentially be Ben Kingsley. I think uh, for Max Fisher, because <laughs> I saw this movie uh, with Oscar Isaac uh, about uh, uh, hunting down the last uh, Nazi official, okay. uh, Adolf. Uh, Heinrich, something like that. Um, anyway, they had this is a, a purposeless sidebar, but I have to get off my chest. They had Ben Kingsley, who's seventy-seven. I've been hearing about this for three days. <laughs> I can't. I can't stop talking about it. Ben Kingsley's seventy-seven. Yeah. They have him playing uh, this guy in the in nineteen sixty, who at, at the time is age fifty. Two, mm-hmm. 53. So Ben Kingsley, just to play that guy, it's a stretch. When you see this guy with a little two-year-old son, I'm like, all right, this guy's 75 years old. They show him, that's the present day, 1960. 
Then they show flashbacks of him during the war, like in 1940. Did they use the effects they used in was? Oh the no, they just <laughs> slathered him in makeup, and like this is Ben Kingsley at age 35. Lit him by candlelight. It was <laughs> ludicrous. 77 playing a 30 year old, a 35 year old. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. The movie was not bad. The casting was ridiculous. So if they can do that, just cast him as a 15-year-old versus move on. Wow, you found something that ben, ben Kingsley can't do. Oh. Like, That's what I'm like, saying. Like, he can play every nationality and apparently every age. At age 15, he could play 77. <laughs> at 77, oh, okay. um, you know, I don't know. Okay, now let's get into the <clears throat> recasting that is actually fun and we can talk about. Herman Bloom. Mm-hmm. I have three I like. I'll start. I'll, my, my third would just like throw in really. I have mm-hmm. two I really like. Number three, John C. Riley. Oh, different. Yeah, that's a good I one. Think, mm, I, I can, yeah, that. I can see that. Yeah. <clears throat> Number two, his cohort, Will Ferrell. Oh, I think Will Ferrell could do it really well. I feel like it might be too. I know. Might, he might tip the scale too I know. far. I know. Mm. It's a it's a risky choice, but it's possible. The one I like the best. <clears throat> Robert Downey Jr. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. I had him on my list. Uh, yeah, I had him on my list. Yeah, I think that's a, yes. a home run. Yes. I always, for some reason, that's, I had him as Pete Venkman too when we did Ghostbusters. Somehow yeah. I always picture yeah. Robert Downey Jr. in Bill Murray roles. Right. He's a good oh. little stand in for Murray in a lot of these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Al. So I I actually have like a ton, um, but I'll just <laughs> go with three. I could have went down yeah. a, a rabbit hole with him too. Yeah. So <clears throat> I will say my number three is Matthew Broderick. Good. I like that. Mm-hmm. I guess I I can see that they like. I don't know why because of election. Yeah. Like the way yeah. he gets yeah. his little downfall. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Number two, this is also just a Wes Anderson, is Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yeah. I have him somewhere else. And then my top one, though, is Steve Carell. That's a good one. Wow. I wonder if he can play... uh, He can just play it differently. Yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. But I could see him doing the speech. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Get them in the crosshairs and take them down. Like you can, you can hear him do that speech. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jill. Okay, I only had one, yeah. and I can feel like people going what? <laughs> but I was trying to think of somebody who was a little bit quirky, mm-hmm. uh, who could do like the sophistication, but then the like fall apart. Tom right? Hardy. Not Tom Damn. Hardy, <laughs> but he can do anything. Um, uh, Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. I thought about him yeah. too. I yeah. feel like his sense of yeah. humor yeah. and playfulness yeah. with the role. I think so. I, I think I can see that. I can see that. Um. Yeah. He's so. He's so insane. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I, lo- I I love the insane actors. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's good. Uh, Eric. Um. Like it. I also had Robert Downey Jr. and my other two names that I had. Um, one, 
actually both of them um one of them started out mainly doing comedy and then fell later into dramatic roles but he can sort of walk that line uh brian cranston oh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then um another one who's much more sort of always been more dramatic but at the same time does has, has shown his sense of humor um george clooney oh i thought about him too so some of these guys I eliminated because I got stuck with the age thing. Cause yeah. he, Bill Murray is our age in the, that movie. Yeah. Uh, he's not 60. He's 48. Yeah. I, I, I was that. looking for, I was yeah. looking for somebody in their early fifties. No, I think you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's good. Um, let's go with Rosemary cross. Yes. This one, I had a very long list of people mm-hmm. that I could have put on. So I trimmed it off at one, two, three, four. I have okay. four. Um, my fourth, I just threw it on there because mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've considered her for so many other parts we've talked about that I haven't mentioned her, but I'm mentioning her for this one okay. as a, an honorable mention, let's say. All right. Emma Watson. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter. She was an honorable mention, though, for me. Uh, she's roughly the right age now uh, for a yep. part like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that would work well. Uh, I casted only Brits in this role, oh, or at least okay. uh, the last one. My num- number one may or may not be British, I don't, but she has a non-American accent. Let's say that. <laughs> uh, so my number three, I cast her in too many things, but I threw her in here anyway. Uh, Oh, she's not a Brit, so my whole thing is yep. screwed. You're, you're, British, li- you're a liar. Uh, Brie Larson. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love I, I put her in a lot of stuff. You put her in everything. Her and Jennifer Lawrence. No. Um, Rachel McAdams. Oh, you. That's the you, one I put in. Also. Yeah. Uh, so really. I my, like Brie Larson. You're all fine. That's a good one. My two that I really like. This, this one's too old, but I'll throw her in anyway. Uh, Emily Blunt. She's on my list too. Um, as an honorable mention, I think she's next door name. Easy, perfect layout. She was on my list. Yeah, great one. Um, yeah, I consider her too, but then I hate to say, but yeah, she was. She didn't fit the right age group. I thought yeah. so. I discarded. I, thought, I think this one. I, I don't think anyone's going to have this one. It's a little off center, but I think it would work great. Is Alicia Vikander? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could, yeah. I almost, I almost added her to my list. Yeah, yeah. I think, and honestly, I think we can probably throw in four or five more people for this role, and they would do it well. Yeah, this, it's not the biggest role ever, but uh, uh, if you find the right personality or the right look or the right something, you can nail this part. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's like a simple, like her simple, like beauty and yeah. Yeah. like brains. Like she's, yeah. Uh, Jill, you go next. Uh, the only person that I had that wasn't on your list is Rose Byrne. Oh, that's I a good one. I love casting Rose Byrne. Yeah, yeah that, that's one of yours. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good Rose one. Byrne. Uh, Eric, um, I have 
Um, let's see. My number three uh, is a name that will be uh, my references of where she is, where I know her from will be wasted on this group. Uh, but Natalie Emmanuel, um, everybody else knows her from Game of Thrones mm. and <laughs> Fast and the Furious series. But uh, um, I think I've seen one with. I almost cast someone from Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark. I was considering oh, her. Damn it. Yeah, I, oh, sorry. <laughs> poker face. Poker face. I could, I consider I did consider Amelia Clark, but um, sorry. Yeah, I, I um, I decided against it. Um, my number two, um, not a Brit, but also a non-American, uh, Anna De Armas. Oh, yeah, sure. And then uh, my num my number one. Uh, Saoirse Ronan. Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that gosh. That's, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, She's mm -hmm. a part of the mm -hmm. Wes Anderson troupe. Um, oh, right. Yep. So, since Brendan um, announced one of mine, she was my number three. Uh, my number two is Lily James, who I like to cast a yeah. lot. She's on Oh, yeah. But my number one, one, and I think is a really good choice is Rebecca Ferguson. She was in I like her. Uh yeah. Fallout and yeah. she was the um singer in The Greatest Showman. Um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she was also in Doctor Sleep. Yep. Yeah, she's good. I think she's got kind of the look uh, That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Okay. Now we got <clears throat> Dr. Guggenheim. This is where I laughed out loud. This is another one yeah. where I could throw down 17 names. Yeah. And uh, first of all, we could just recast Brian Cox. <laughs> I mean, just have him 100%. 100%. Uh -huh. Yeah. I, I think he's still alive. He is. Now he's on, um, what's the name of that show? Succession. Succession, yeah. yes. I mean, he's. I had to think. 82 or whatever he is now. Yes. but He yeah. died on the show, so maybe I got confused <laughs> for a second. He died and came back. Yeah, in the first yeah. season. Was it Days of Our Lives? <laughs> they, he, it was like a died on the operating table, uh, came back, everybody thought he was going to die. So, so I went in three <laughs> completely different directions uh -huh. with this. Okay. And with varying degrees of success, let's say that. Um, my number three... Remember how old or not old uh, this guy was in 98. Yes. Or the character was in yes. Rushmore. He's not 70, even though he may look at. Uh, I went Ben Stiller. <laughs> that's my number three. I don't know why. That, that struck me as, I think you do that, sure. Uh -huh. Number two is a real one, I think, is Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, Ray Fiennes. Mm -hmm. um, I think he could definitely do it. Uh, yes. Pull off the scholarly sort of yes. uh, principal type headmaster. Number one, it's not even close, and this is the one, and there are no other acceptable answers. <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Oh, I <laughs> it's Tilda Swinton's role. Wow. Yeah. I, can't, I like the twist. Yes, it is. Now, yeah. uh, 
No one else is even in second place. It's Tilden and there's fourth place. That's all there is. As listeners of this podcast know, I brought her up early on and have continued to bring her up in almost every recasting we have. So, uh, yeah. Done and done. We can just end this whole uh, section already because that's the winner. Eric, go ahead. Um, I only have two names. Um, John Turturro. Oh, <laughs> that's good. And uh, Andy Circus. <laughs> Who's that? Gollum. Oh, for Doctor Guggenheim. <laughs> yeah. Is he gonna m- mocap? Uh, <laughs> yeah, motion <laughs> motion capture. It's gonna be like oh a my God. like a hobby. He was he was Claw in. Mm-hmm. MCU. He's Alfred in the upcoming Batman. Yeah. He's out there. But yeah. Oh, I've got one. I'm not going to say it. So uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just have an idea. All right. Jill. Okay. The one person I thought of, um, and you guys are going to laugh. Well, he's, he's too old now, I think, but right. uh, Dominic Shinies, who plays um, mm-hmm. Corrado Soprano in The Sopranos. Oh. If you're from it, you guys yeah. know the yeah, character know enough, but like yeah. he's got like he's older and he's got the chutzpah in mm-hmm. order to, uh, yeah, yep, that's be good. angry all the time. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> all right, I had some I had some fun with this one. <laughs> so I've got Lawrence Fishburne. I think would be a good wow. doctor. That's good. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Alfred Molina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good Molina. Um, it's got to be Alec Baldwin. I consider oh, him and then I throw it I think both Lawrence Fishburne is very interesting because <laughs> he can do like the very intellectual. Yeah, like, I know. The way he talks, there's something very intellectual about his like cadence. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah both of those are really I good. Threw and out Alec Baldwin. is. You could definitely throw in Goldblum in this role. Yes. Well. I've got yeah. my bonus. If I had an unlimited budget <laughs> would be Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah. I like it, the idea of that slouched on the couch and he's like slides the paper over when he's, you know, looking yeah. at the grades and, and the line of he's one of the worst students we got. Like that's, that's mm. a delivery yeah. of De Niro. Well, yeah, I, I'd love to hear De Niro go, What's this supposed to mean? (laughs) (laughs) The one I just thought of while we were talking about. uh, This is like, uh, I don't know if it's, if this one's the poor man or if uh, (laughs) yours is the poor man, uh, Eric. uh, Who'd you say from the MCU? What's his name? Uh, Andy Serkis? Andy Serkis, yeah. Me, this guy is a poor man's Andy Serkis or vice versa. It's Mr. Bean. Oh, I've got him. So <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I, I never heard that guy say a word. I know. So I don't know. <laughs> he has a good, normal, I've got uh, him solid else. British accent. Uh, yeah. if you want. Oh, well, yeah. He was in when uh, the gift yeah, wrapper in the yeah. Yeah. Love Actually. Yeah. yeah. I thought you wanted a gift wrap. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I have as the bonus round, if you casted anybody, any of these, uh, <laughs> fine. Max's father, Dirk, Margaret Yang, Magnus. 
I didn't add anybody else to that list. I had, I had doctor. I had Peter. Who's Peter, Peter? The doctor OR thing. <laughs> really? Yeah. You can't so But he's yeah, he's effectively one line in the movie. I thought your play was really cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the word effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will go because I have one for Max's father, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Okay. I had that's where I had Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. <laughs> I also got Gary Oldman too. <laughs> you do have an unlimited budget, Gary Oldman. <laughs> but I like him being a barber. Yeah. Yeah. I had I had two for Bert. I had um, Bert. Bob Odenkirk and Jeff Bridges. Oh, oh, Bob Odenkirk. I kind of like that. That's a good one. We are throwing down heavy hitters for bit parts. I had Bob Odenkirk as a backup for Herman Bloom. Good Lord. You wrote down 67 names. I know. (laughs) Well, because you should rattle off six before we even get started. So I had to have backups. She's method. It's a (laughs) You add up all the names I said versus I think we're in the same I also, I have one Dirk. I, oh, I have a Dirk. I have a Dirk. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, it's, I always, I want to cast this kid as much as possible. Can I, you don't see enough of him, and I, but I still can't get enough. Uh, Roman Griffin Davis, a.k.a. Jojo. From That's who Jojo. I had, exactly. Oh! <laughs> I cast him in my head oh. before I yes. cast anybody. Okay. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit. Oh, that's so good. That's Dirk. It's yeah. absolutely Dirk. Yeah. Well, my person isn't even an actor per se, <laughs> but I do think that Dirk mm. looks a lot like Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's non-binary oh, child. Yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah. I thought Shiloh? that would be a good... Shiloh? Yes, that would be a good twist. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> um, outage of a Dirk? It's not worth saying. Great. Uh, Margaret Yang. Oh. oh. Oh, okay. No, not right. Margaret Yang. Nope. I have another character oh. that I... Oh. I thought you were moving on. No, we'll get there. Uh, Margaret Yang. Margaret Yang. I had one, but I don't care about this part. It could be anybody. Um, Ella J. Ba- Basco from Birds of Prey. Mm. Uh, the Asian pickpocket girl. Um, oh, yeah. In that yeah. horrible, horrible movie. Uh, fine, great. The one- I just threw in. I just threw in uh, Zendaya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got Ramona Young. She was in that um, show. She's in that show, Never Have I Ever, and she was also in Blockers. You right. might recognize her. All right. All right. Uh. It- I got nothing else. Any other characters? Uh, I forget Scottish. Magnus. Magnus, and he's too old now. Pumpkin. But uh, the lead from the first season of American Vandal, Jimmy Tatro. Oh my god! <laughs> Who should have won an Emmy for yeah. that role? Oh my god! That, yeah, that's the closest. That role is the closest we would have to a Tom Hardy role in this. Movie. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Anybody else? I had for Peter the boy the boyfriend uh, Colin Jost. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I can see that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely could see that. <laughs> oh, are they? Oh, yeah. speaking of that, quotes and scenes. All right. Mm. Uh, were you in the shit? <sighs> so you were in Vietnam, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Were you in the shit? Yeah, I was in the shit. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, already mentioned, oh, are they? Well, mm-hmm. It is never not funny. So funny. And the, the snicker and choking that Herman Bloom does when he hears that is so good. I like your nurse's uniform, guy. These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? I choose to believe that was accidental and real, but I don't care. It's so great. I it would be it never really made me chuckle that much uh, before watching it this most recent time. But a- after after that whole scene when Max apologizes to uh, uh, Rosemary and he gives that sort of just sort of backhanded apology to him. It's like, will you apologize to what's his name for me? Like he's still, <laughs> still being yeah. a jerk about that guy, even when he's supposedly apologizing. Yeah. Uh, take it, dead aim on the mm-hmm. rich boys. Get them in the crosshairs and take them down. Take dead aim on the rich boys. Get them in the crosshairs and take them down. Tell that stupid Mick he just made my list of things to do today. Uh, the colleges I applied to are Oxford and Savone. My safety is Harvard. That's a so great. My safety is Harvard. There is a line that if Brendan and I are ever like trying to figure out what something is, the response is always, it's a jellyfish. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a jellyfish. What's that you're painting? That's a, a jellyfish. Uh, she's my Rushmore. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I don't think there's a ton of quotes out of this, mo- this movie. Piranhas are a very tricky species. I, I actually wrote that one down uh, for you, Allison. Yeah. I know you. Piranhas, really? This is my baseball diamond. I believe it's being located two feet over. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I want to bring that up. We, yeah. I stopped the movie to mention this, too. What's going on in that scene when they're about to... They're on the baseball diamond, clearly in the field of play or on the edges, inside of the chain link fence With backstop. bleachers on the backside. There's bleachers yeah. in the back. Bleachers, mm-hmm. chain link fence, high chain link fence, so backstop. Of, it's between first and third, or between first and or, uh, between home and third, or home and first, whatever. Um, so, in the place where baseball happens, <laughs> they're cutting down a tree to put in <laughs> the aquarium. Why is there a tree on the baseball field? Because it's being relocated three feet over. And how are they playing baseball on, on a forest? <laughs> There can't be a tree in the middle of a baseball field. It's so good. Even on the sideline by the fucking yeah. backstop. Ludicrous. That made my head hurt for a minute. Like, yeah. The joke is funny, but that would never be there. Right. 
I would say like memorable scenes. So you already talked about the opening montage of him, like starting all the clubs and the music and everything, but I will never not love the slow montage with the, starting with him with the um, waiter outfit with the bees in the hotel and he's getting off the elevator and putting the gum on the wall. That whole sequence. Yes. Whoever decided on that song is a genius. Yeah. Yeah. It's like halfway, I think, through yeah. that song. Yeah. Um, genius. Yeah, that's so good. It's so good. The, the music plays such a huge role in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I think really... snipping the breaks, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like your yeah. mind. Yeah. Yeah. And him getting walked out of that high school in handcuffs yeah. and the look on his face is so fantastic. It's awesome. Bill Murray's physical description of him is oh, yeah. perfect. <laughs> 112 pounds, oval face. Oval face. <laughs> and an ending with the slow roll of the car yeah. after the brakes yeah. are clipped and he can't stop. <laughs> Poor Mr. Little Jeans. Little with Jeans. The, with, the, uh, <laughs> with the rake. And yeah. like backs up against the building. <laughs> and like, and so speaking good. of that rake, when that first time when Max walks by, he's like, goodbye, Mr. Little Jeans, and he's raking. And there's like... Four hooks left on that rake that he's using. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my gosh! A scene that always, this, a scene that always made me laugh from the first time I saw it because it, the first time it caught me so off guard, it made me laugh so hard, and it still makes me laugh when I see it to this day. Is Max at the basketball game when he's the cheerleader and he does the back handspring? Oh in front yeah, of the, yeah, yeah, in front of the stands. It so always good. gets me. Or when he's the wrestler. The, <laughs> an alternate. You're on the team? I'm an yes. alternate. He and walks in there. In like two seconds. Obviously, the quick flip pin is hilarious. But when he gets down on his stance and does the windmill with his arms, yes. I fucking lose it every time. <laughs> what maneuver is that? That's oh, like... Is he like... Is he like greets the kid is like hey how you doing and then he gets yeah annihilated in four <laughs> seconds oh my god we will also regularly snicker about that little the skinny boy that is in like the car he's always yes. in the background like in the he's car. in every single scene he's in, yeah he's, he's like in the mini in the pool. like he's like yeah it's like Casey. <laughs> yeah. He is. Casey. Casey. Like, let's, let's cast our nephew Casey yeah. in that role. Yeah. Five year old dirt. Yeah, it's Casey. Oh my God. With that bucket hat on. Oh my God. That kid grows up to be the autistic kid in Tannenbaum's. Which kid? He's not. He's not. But no. I would like him to yeah. be that kid. Which kid? <laughs> like, like, there's a dent here. There's a dent here. Yeah, there's a dent here. He can't tell time, whatever, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do like um, when Dr. Guggenheim is in the hospital and he's been in a coma for 10 days and Max is in there. It's Fisher. (laughs) These are glorious. I I, I was listening to a podcast and somebody described um, Pulp Fiction as being... Uh, just one long trailer, like every moment is an iconic moment. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like yeah. this is another movie yeah. where if you, it's your brand of humor and you could get grabbed, like every moment is an iconic moment in this movie. Yeah. We just did one of the, a couple of those movies that we said 
a similar thing about it. I think it, I think Ghostbusters was one maybe. Um, I don't, uh, it may have been the money pit. Yeah. They're like, this isn't a movie. It's a collection of scenes almost that like uh, uh, quotable lines in a trailer. Like it's just a nonstop scene. It's great. It's all so good. By the way, I did notice, or I thought it was interesting that Miss Cross was smoking on the bleachers on school grounds watching the kids play sports. I mean, even in 98, you're not smoking on school grounds. I don't know. No, you're not. Yeah. That's all. That school doesn't seem to care about shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have a fucking tree in the middle of the baseball field. <laughs> all bets are off. They even have piranhas in their, piranhas. Uh, you know, aquarium. Kiss me, little one. Yeah, they, what is this? Oh, I guess it's the school where they have the fire hazards. By the way, I will never not laugh at Dirk in that nun's costume. When they're... Yes. And doing the Serpico? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Or, I, I had never seen Serpico, and I watched it, obviously, knowing this movie, yeah. and I was laughing the entire time with him talking about not testifying. Esposito. <laughs> Dirk's letter in Crayon. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And he spits on... Uh, Herman's car. (laughs) It's a great spit. Yeah. I do like the uh, BB gun into Magnus's ear. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would have hit you in the other one, but someone shot that off long ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's, I mean, like you said, I think we could quote the whole movie yeah. and that is the only way we would be satisfied in talking about all the memorable scenes or quotable lines. Yeah. And I mean, it's like up to the end, even like those little kids when they're, they do the Vietnam, yeah. uh, like the after party and yeah. those kids are staring at the naked pictures <laughs> yeah. of the girls. Like that's like the end of the movie, yeah. like time to wrap up the jokes, yeah. but they still have. Yeah. It's so great. It's all so good. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. All right. Uh, oh, well, tough. this is the question I always throw out, but it doesn't apply yeah. to this. No. One. Don't ask what me. would you want to see in a sequel? We don't. We don't. It's nope. No. Perfectly wrapped up. Yep. Uh, okay. The how much are they worth game? And now let's play the how much are they worth game. Let's do it. Jill, don't be afraid. <sighs> I am the worst Oh. This is Let gonna be interesting. Clarify. I I am documented as the worst player of this, so don't don't even worry about it. I think the last time I played this game, we actually heard the record uh like sound of like being knocked <laughs> off like <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think Allison used to hold the title for the biggest the miss. Biggest miss. <laughs> Somebody else got it though, I think. Well, it got we got we all missed by several billion dollars when we got into the whole Spielberg, yeah, yeah. Um, George Lucas yeah. world. Yeah. But I miss it with Scorsese by six hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> what's six hundred million between yeah. friends? Uh, okay, let's start with Jason Schwartzman. By the way, I guess too high. Schwartzman. All right. 
she guessed six hundred fifty million too high. Yeah. There. <laughs> I can edit all this stuff. Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, he made that show um, Mozart in the Jungle, which was a big hit. He's done a good bunch of movies. I mean, he was just in Fargo last year oh, with uh, yeah. Chris Rock. Fucking awesome. He's in Scott Pilgrim. He's in Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm... Yeah. Which we're going to have to do that movie yeah. sooner than later. Oh, I wanted to ask this question. I, I, know, I know Jill's answer, but I want to ask her anyway. Because uh, we have called certain movies here and there uh, a perfect movie. Okay. Uh, me, I'm not sure how you define that, but uh, what it's trying to be, it perfectly accomplishes it, and it it nails it exactly. Does Rushmore qualify? Yes, that for you, it's yeah. a as I said, a chef's kiss movie. Yeah. It is. Yeah. One of these days, we're gonna like quantify it and then make a list of perfect our perfect movies, but uh, we haven't yet. Yeah, it's in my top five movies of all time. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Are you sure? Definitely. 100%. Give us your top five while we're here. Uh, let's it's, say Vacation. Order doesn't matter, but yeah. Vacation. Wow. Original. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Tootsie. Ooh. Good Annie one. Hall. Rushmore. Wow. Amadeus. Amadeus, probably, yeah. Amadeus. Wow. Mm-hmm. I knew Annie Hall would be in there for sure. Yes. Hmm. I mean, obviously, like, that could change, but, like, those are consistently, like, when I think of my favorite yeah. movies, that's it. My, my top five generally has seven movies, or has Good four. Is in there. And I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm rotating the fifth. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jason Schwartzman. He's been in, like, multiple Wes Andersons, right, yeah. since then. Yeah. Some Fargo stuff. Uh I've seen 77 acting credits. Um, two producer credits. So yeah. it's mostly acting salary. You know. Really? Okay. Got that Talia Shire is my mom thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that Coppola money. All right, I wrote down the number. I know. that's it. He's a tough one. I definitely don't know. But I'm going to say... Okay. Well, you have to write it down? Uh, just keep it in your head. Okay. But you uh, can't change it. Can't, okay, no. I, I, we, can't pri- we can't prices write each other is mm-hmm. the thing. Eric, do you have a number? I have a number. What do you got? I'm going to say $15 million. Ooh. Wow, that's a lot higher than I was. Okay. I I've had, got an even bigger number. I'm worse. Uh, I had 25 I have 30 Shit. Are you serious? Yeah. I had like $8 million. That's probably right. I thought I was wrong with 25 so we'll see. Jason. I was afraid I was high. Somebody hit it on the head. Jason Schwartzman. Is an American musician, mm-hmm. actor, and I guess producer. Um, I know his brother's with a musician. net worth of twenty-five million. <gasps> wow! Oh, good for him. Dude, I did wow. two. I doubled up. 
That's good okay. news for me. Okay, gotta up my game for this next one. Okay, Rosemary Cross, aka Olivia Williams. Mm. This is gonna be harder. I've seen her in more things than I can remember. I know I, when she comes up, I'm always like, oh, it's the girl from uh, Rushmore. But I oh, way more acting credits than I. Yeah, I couldn't name five, but. Everybody else is she like pops looking up. it up. I'm just going to. Yeah, yeah no. she's got 79 <laughs> acting credits in IMDb. I'm just kind of like. Who is she? Oh, I know who she plays in The Father. Okay. Oh, she was in the. Oh, that's right. She was in the Sixth Sense. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, I've got a number. Okay, Eric, do you have one yet? I have a number. All right, Al, what's your number? Fourteen million. Uh, Jill. <laughs> I feel like I think people are way poorer because I was like probably about if that was about he was twenty five million mm-hmm. I would say like eight million. All right, uh, I had twelve. Eric, ten. Okay, Olivia Williams. Hmm. Uh, is an English English actress who has a net worth of. Two million dollars. <gasps> Jill no! gets it. Does she have a gambling problem? <laughs> wow. Know. No, she's just really into antiques. <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Wow. Studied at Cambridge, Bristol Old Vic Theatre School, mm. Royal Shakespeare wow. Company. Toured the U.S. in Shakespeare's Richard III. I was going to say, those are some serious, like... She might be more of a... million dollars. Again, this is what the website says. I I am aware, but... Shakespeare's a niche market, Allison. I guess. (laughs) I'm still thinking about... She was in the sixth sense. She was in, like, other things. I I mean... I don't don't think she's in, like, Block outside of that one. No, the movie that I like more than anyone else in the world, uh, The Ghost Rider... Yeah. She is I like this movie. I love that movie. Okay. I've seen that movie 20 mm-hmm. times. Okay. Oh, she's she's about to be in the crown. She oh. is? Who's she playing? Camilla Parker. Mm. Oh. Ooh. Okay. That's interesting. Picking an attractive woman to play Camilla Parker. <laughs> well, that's what somebody else said about um what's her name playing her? Um she directed um, the the very like col- colorful movie with Carrie Mulligan, where she the revenge movie. Oh, um, that just came out. Yeah, that's something woman. Yeah, promising young woman. Promising, promising young woman. woman. Yeah. yeah, she directed that. And somebody else said the same thing that she was too pretty to play that role. Interesting. I don't think that's another problem. Sorry. Mm-hmm. People don't need to like her, but she's not that ugly. Yeah. Mm. She's a middle-aged woman. I don't, yeah, no. like... I don't think it was age. Uh, <laughs> all right. Brian Cox. Dr. Right. Guggenheim. Dr. Guggenheim. Mm. Mm, it's hard. because Lots of stuff. Lots of 
mm. stuff we've all seen or many of us have seen. And I can picture him being like a big Broadway actor. I don't know if he is one, yeah, but he's got too. like. He's got, he's got 233 Bourne. acting credits. Jason Bourne movies. He's in Super Troopers. Manhunter, <laughs> Super Troopers, Succession. Yeah, he's in Succession. I mean, but he's got some big major He's in Zodiac. Too. Yeah, Zodiac. X-Men. Yeah, X-Men, that's right. The Red Movies. Planet of the Apes. Wow, he's, oh, he's in The Wars. Loop? Who's he playing The Loop? The Loop. The Loop, that... Um, that social media movie? No, no it's the movie. The it takes was, it's about England, the England getting suckered into the war in oh, yeah. Iraq with the U.S. He definitely played Churchill. Yeah, in the movie Churchill. Yeah. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Manhunter. Okay. He could be Let's just say who hasn't played. Troy. <laughs> Troy what? <laughs> okay. I saw that in the theater and I think I might have fallen asleep. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Uh I have a number in All right, I've written. Um it I, I don't feel good about it. It I've, should be too low. I've got a number. Uh Eric, do you have a number? I have a number. What do you got? Uh, 35 million. Jill? <laughs> 15 million. I think these people are poorer than they are. Okay. I said 50, and Ooh. I'm hoping I'm low. I'm, I wrote 25. Shit, I'm way off then. Oh, I, I'm way off. That's all there is to it. Uh, Brian Cox is a Scottish... Mm-hmm. Actor, producer, theater director, and author who has a net worth of $15 million. No oh. way. Wow. Jill gets a double. <laughs> wow. I can see him being an artist, so he doesn't care about that. <laughs> I just thought succession would have been bringing him more money. It's just because he plays a bajillionaire. That's why. No, but I mean, but the, but I mean, it's HBO. It's so popular. Like there would have been. I don't think it does. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, I just thought he has all these high-profile roles. Yeah. Like they have to add up eventually to something. Yeah, but I can see him taking roles based upon like. No, I know, but he. But he does those, but he also does fucking the Born Identity three times or whatever he did. So, uh, okay, we did this before, but it doesn't matter because we have no memory of what we did before. So, Bill Murray. In a vacuum. Bill oh Murray. We have no idea what he is worth, even though this is our third Bill Murray movie we've done. In the last no, six no, months. Yeah. Ghostbusters, Stripes, and this. No. I couldn't tell you what. He's an icon. <laughs> he did. I know we talk about this every time. He's got no team, right? He has no right. team. And apparently, he's like really hard to get a hold of, yeah. and if you want him for a role, he has yeah. his agent is a one eight hundred number. Yes, it's like something crazy like that. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, he, and so he's um, that ten percent is not paying like anything else. So he's like, whatever he gets paid, he, he gets, gets a it. lawyer to look over his contract and yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You leave a message on the voicemail, and he'll either call you back or he doesn't. He misses, um, he misses opportunities all the time. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't worry about it. But I I have heard that. Um, when Wes Anderson calls, it's an automatic yes. Yeah. After, oh, after, after I would movie. think so. Yeah. Yeah. For, oh, bit of trivia for this movie. Uh, he sent him the script. He liked it. So they were in not negotiations, but they were talking about working together for Rushmore. Mm-hmm. And so Wes Anderson sent him Bottle Rocket, like at the time on VHS, or maybe it was a DVD or something. Um, and Bill Murray was like, "Yeah, I lost it. I didn't see it." So he sent him another one. And then he's like, yeah, I didn't watch it. So he <laughs> sent him a third one. And he's like, oh, I realized he's never going to watch it. He, he doesn't want to watch it. He wants to just work on this one movie. He doesn't care whatever that I did before. He just, yeah. He's like, yeah, well, the other stuff, I don't care. I just, I like this script. I'll just work on this script. It's a very Bill Murray sounding story. Like it. in yeah. Tootsie, how he insisted that he had to eat lemons during that one scene for no reason. And he's eating lemons in that. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. What are you he's, in, in Tootsie, Bill Murray, when he's eating the lemons, oh, yeah. like he's just talking to Michael Dorsey and he's got, he's like eating the lemons. Yeah. That was <laughs> Bill Murray. Like he insisted that he had to eat lemons in that scene. Oh my God. He has like the character development in his own head. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. It's irrelevant to the character. Dude. Yeah. Why we even, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Bill Murray Allison. I've written down 190 million. Mm. I fucking. Uh, you I wrote, said 374 titles. I wrote down 125. Uh, Eric? 75. Oh. Jill? I say 140 million. Again, this is the third time we've done this, but it's brand new because I can't remember what we did. We're in a vacuum. Uh, yeah, I don't have any. Oh. Muscle memory. No, I have zero <laughs> muscle memory or actual memory. Okay. Bill Murray, an American comedian, actor, writer, and producer, who has a net worth of $180 million. Woo! Finally on my uh, I, I love that you're. Here. I know that's her thing. <laughs> do you know that I do this every time? No. She writes. <laughs> she uses the smallest possible paper to write her stuff on. Uh, going into the finals, that's the final round, time. we are all trailing Jill at this point. Really? It's okay. three to one, three to two. Because you got one on the nose. Oh. You got Brian Cox gave you a double, and you got Olivia Williams. And I just got Schwartzman. I have two. Allison has one. Jill, you might win this. Okay. All right. Wes Anderson. Oh, gosh. This is a tough one. <laughs> he has movies we know. He has movies that have won awards. Is he his own production company? I don't know. <laughs> 21 director credits, 14 producer credits. So somewhere along the way. And I think he, so he writes his own movie. He directs it. 
produces some of them to some degree. Uh, are his movies blockbusters? No. Some of them, I mean, one of them I think maybe did, was. Grand He's Budapest might have. Tannenbaum's, I'm sure, did well. but Yeah, but was it blockbustery? Right, is it enough? 120 million? Because it's not going to be 400 million. Uh, oh, fuck this guy, I don't know. All right, I have a gut reaction of what I think it is. All I know is he's able to buy a lot of corduroy. <laughs> yeah, he is corduroy rich. Max's green suit, corduroy or velvet? It's velvet. I think it's velvet. It's I velvet. think it's corduroy. You do? Yeah. Really? I think it's velvet. I think we would have seen more ridges. I know. I think it's corduroy. No. Oh. Look it up. Um, <laughs> Eric, do you have a number? Uh, yes. What do you got? No. 65 million. Let's do it. Wow. 65. <clears throat> Jill, what's your number? I was at 200 million. <gasps> Ooh. I said 74. I said 50. What? For somebody who has like their own production and a he's man. also paid in antique tuba parts. <laughs> <laughs> True. And old timey bicycles. Right. That's right. He's got a warehouse full of old typewriters. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. And maybe like a whole like painting <laughs> thing of like Maybe. monocles. Right. <laughs> like a, right. a trunk of monocles. Yeah. I think directors are generally paid less than we think they are. So that's why I always go low on directors. I just feel like he does like too much of the. I know. I know. Like all production. And he's. Wow. What'd you say, Al? 50. Okay. Uh, Wes Anderson is an American film director, screenwriter, and producer who has a net worth of $50 million. Man. That uh. Allison a double, and that means Jill and Allison are tied. Ooh. Oh. Tiebreaker? Tiebreaker. Arm wrestling? For that, we're going to go <laughs> with Luke Wilson or do Owen Wilson, oh, God. the co-writer oh, of Rushmore. Owen. Oh, Owen. Mm, I came from behind. Yeah, okay. you hit a three at the buzzer. Has Owen Wilson written for any of the other? Because did he help write Tenemons? I don't believe he's been a writer on the other ones, but I'm... I, He's got cars move, uh, money. He does have cars yeah. move. Yeah. That's a big one. Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Loki. Yeah. Hmm. Owen? The cars movies. That's a lot of money there. Yeah. Cars. Um, yeah, sure. Owen Wilson's got four writing credits. He wrote. He helped write Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, and Royal Tenenbaums, and that was it. Tenenbaums, that's right. right. He was, oh, he was in the internship. Put it on the line. <laughs> on the line. On the line. It's the only funny joke of that whole movie. That movie sucks. 
<laughs> um, all right, Owen Wilson. Get your thoughts together. Oh, Night at the Museum. God. Marley and Me. And you make the money on the sequels, mm. so. Marley and Me, that's. Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> oh, my God. Armageddon. Fathers. Did you say Starsky and Hutch? Yeah, okay. I did. Oh, God. Zoolander. Yes. He's got oh, a lot of sequels uh, The Cable Guy. <laughs> he oh, the, my God. The boyfriend on the date. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, uh, meet the parents. Meet the parents, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jill, give us a number based on all the stuff we just said. I'm going to be high. I, I, I'm okay. Uh, I'll say $95 million. Al? I said $140 million. Cars, mm, yeah, ka-chow. yeah, that'll that'll ka-chow. <laughs> I've been just, I think I was burned going too high, mm-hmm. to, you know, flew too close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I'm an Icarus. <laughs> Owen Wilson is an American actor and screenwriter who has a net worth of 70 million. Oh, Wow. Jill wins it. Dang. At the buzzer. Wow. Good one, Wait. Jill. Everyone, take a moment of silence. Yes. Eric scored zero. <gasps> he was shut out. Ooh, wow. Eric. That might have been, this might be the, maybe the second time ever that I've been shut out. Oh, I thought it was the first. Mm. It might. I there. For, I feel like there was one other time where I got shut out. Might have been, but yeah, it's it's definitely rare. <laughs> the Jill. quirkiness of Wes Anderson threw you off. Yeah, yeah. right. You got. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know the um, exchange rate for yeah. Uh, Vintage tuba parts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the big zero for you is written in calligraphy. Right. Yep. Or crayon, you can choose. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, Rushmore. It's, if you like Wes Anderson, you love Rushmore. If you don't like him, uh, that's your own problem. Well, I, I think 90% of the people like the movie, mm-hmm. though. So I think it's... It is the most, I think, again, it's the most mainstream Wes Anderson movie you're going to get. Because yeah. everything yeah. else becomes more and more stylized as yeah. you go. Yeah. And it's like everything else then becomes, it's like sepia or it's like watching through rose-colored glasses. Like right. it's all like very... Which Wes Anderson is the movie in which he takes his style the furthest? Or where he leans mm-hmm. into his own style the most? And I'm dismissing the animated ones because I don't care about those. Yeah, I've. I Zisu. I think it's Moonrise Kingdom, and I yeah, don't I think, think it's, it's Moonrise close. Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he's he's in his own storybook, like in that one. He's his head's up his own ass in that movie. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's not a bad movie, but it's Darjeeling Limited is like I, I didn't feel like it was that same like no storyboardish like yeah. it's a little more fun with yeah. that one yeah 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 i mean budapest is pretty right. high up there for sure totally but life aquatics way up there as well but uh mm-hmm. 
Moonlight's Kingdom is Wes Anderson just dialing it up to 11, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in, uh, it's like in uh, when John Malkovich goes into John Malkovich's head and being John Malkovich. Right. Yeah. The Wes Anderson <laughs> version of that. that. I totally agree. It is. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, a good it's metaphor. Like, or actually, that's... A- yeah. Helvetica yeah, font on top of Futura font yeah. on top of uh, a center, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Composition. Yeah. All right. Were you in the shit? I was in the shit. I was in the shit. That's good.